to episode 17 of Stepping Into Health, Inspiring Conversations with Tamara Ortegal. This is the place where you will hear engaging conversations with people who are shining their light in the world. My guests and I chat about business, relationships, spirituality, community, hobbies, and health, all the things that contribute to our vitality and wholeness. Although I love to talk about food as medicine, energy healing, and other holistic modalities, at the root of my health coaching practice are these questions. Why do you want to be healthy, and what steps are you willing to take to get there? My goal is to increase your awareness of what is possible and to inspire you to take action. Today, I'm chatting with my friend, Devin Moon. I've had the privilege of working with Devin and his wife, Caitlin, on several committees for the DuPage Foundation. They are an amazing young couple, always looking for ways to serve their community and inspire others. While many people have been frozen by their fear of COVID-19, Devin used his fear to transform his health. When he reached out to me recently to share his good news, I couldn't wait to record his story. I love the process he followed. He did the research to learn about best practices, assimilated what he read, and compared it to his values and beliefs. Oftentimes, people grab onto a trend and find it difficult to sustain. Devin chose things he could commit to doing for the long haul. He has changed the trajectory for his own health and that of his beautiful family. I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Hi, Devin. How are you? I'm good. We're dealing with it. It is uh, 2020 to the max, right? What a month. Yeah, isn't it true? I know. I I remember uh, speaking of 2020, my sister was like, really, my older sister was really like, okay, it's it's 2020, like laser vision. We are going to have like an amazing new year. Super excited in January. And um, here we are in November and I'm looking forward to, (laughs) so I'm hoping that it becomes the year of great possibility. Absolutely. And if, if nothing else, um, 2020 will be a year of memories that we won't, I don't think we will forget. Uh, we had, um, our anniversary was in June and it was like the perfect moment it was june 1st right and so to paint the picture of what was going on it was kind of still um high covid conscience going around but it was also the night of the naperville protest the george floyd protest in naperville Ooh, okay. and so i had all these plans we were going to go out to dinner downtown so trying to yeah so right our anniversary we were going to go out to dinner downtown Naperville early in the day. They made the announcement that, okay, well everything downtown is going to be closed. They kind of knew that there were going to be some demonstrations that I was like, okay, well, whatever. We'll just, you know, we'll find somewhere down on route 59 and just get some, you know, we had a babysitter coming over. So a night away for a little bit, uh, probably our first one of COVID actually. Well, wow. nothing was open even on route 59. No, no restaurants, no drive-throughs, nothing. And so we ended up uh, going to Whole Foods, like getting some, a bottle of wine, some meats and cheeses, and we just drove to the uh, the Prairie Preserve there on Book Road and just sat in the back of my car and just listened to music and ate <laughs> ate our meats and cheeses in the back of the car. So that was our anniversary dinner. For, for 2020. So there's there's little things like that, right, that I know we'll never forget. We'll always remember how we had to scramble and make the most of the environment that we had. 
it's kind of the story of the whole year. I think you're right. You know what? It's funny because yeah, how people bonded this year has been really cool. We had a special anniversary this year too. It was our 30th. And, um, you know, a year ago we had all kinds of great plans. We wanted to go to Canada to see Niagara Falls on the Canada side. And, um, and it was funny because we couldn't do that. And, um, we ended up in Door County, Wisconsin, which I didn't want to go to because I haven't been back to Door County in 30 years. It happened to be where we honeymooned. And although it was really great place to honeymoon, I was like, no, I want to do something grander, you know, but actually revisiting the past was so special. And I have fallen in love with Door County again, and I can't wait to go back again. So it is really cool the way it's making, you know, whatever moments really special and reminding you that it can be simple. It's just who you're with and, you know, capturing that, the love that you have and for sure that. that. Yes. The, <laughs> the people, the people you're with um, have probably never been so important, right? We, we had a lot right? of, a lot of uh, normal distractions that were taken off of the table for us. So you're, you're forced to come with through, come to the reality with uh, who you're around. So for some of Definitely. us, it was great for others. I'm sure it was a challenge. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and also too, yeah, like I think families, I hear people saying this all the time that it, for many people, it's been very bonding. And um, I, my heart bleeds for those people who are struggling spending so much time together. And hopefully they can learn to, you know, find what they have in common and um, give each other space when necessary. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think we are going to remember this for a long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to talk with you today. I know that you have spent this time at home doing lots of neat, new and different things and um, that you have a really uh, powerful health story to share. And uh, so I want to hear all about that. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So bring me back to March and kind of what, where you were at then. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I'll take you even a little, a little bit further back than that, just to, you know, give everyone sort of an idea of where my mind was, but um you know, like, like, you know, I was a, a two sport athlete in high school. I played baseball into college. Um, I had a, a little time at, at West Point in the military, you know, so I, there was certainly a time where I was very fit and, and healthy, um, at least physically. Right. And uh, through college and early career and, um, you know, early parenthood, my health really got away from me, Spe specifically my my weight, I would say, um, was something that, that really got out of control um, for a little while there. And so uh, probably two or three years ago, I had just made the decision that I needed to, to cool it a little bit um, and, and keep myself in check. And that was that was kind of the peak of my my weight and that was let's say 260 pounds um to give you an idea when i was at west point i was about 175 180 right so that's 10 years ago but but still that's about what my frame should have on it um so i was i was considerably overweight uh, and and so got that down to the you know between 240 and 250 kind of depending on the day and how recently we had a holiday right and um and so that that's where i i had been residing and that really weight was always the thing that I thought about when it came to my health 
it was what I was sort of paranoid about, um, you know, in the back of my mind, almost scared to go to doctor's appointments in case, you know, when you're up there, diabetes is a concern, right? There's a lot of concerns that come along with that. And it was in the forefront of my mind more often than it should have been. And so uh, kind of, I think it clouded the fact that I also had some some other very unhealthy behaviors, um, the worst of which probably being my my nicotine um, addiction. My, my particular uh, flavor was, was the chewing tobacco, and, and it was just so integrated with everything that I did, you know, sitting on the couch watching a baseball game, um, you know, after you have a drink, nothing's better, right? That, this this kind of thing of, of it, it, I had associated it with every part of my life. If I was in the car, I had one in. If I was at my desk, I had one in. Um, and and it, it was just, it was something that I did while I was doing everything else. And so let's, let's go to March now. So I happened to be in California the second week of March, um, when all of this really started blowing up. So while I was in California is when, uh, major league baseball went on hold. The NCAA tournament got canceled. Uh, there were like travel bans that were or travel advisory, whatever they were called at the time coming down. Um, and it was just sort of, People were had been hearing about it for a couple of weeks, and then that week, all of a sudden, it was a big problem, right? And now it was going to be in everybody's lap. And so I, um, you know, moved my flight back a couple of days to get to make sure I could get home, right? There was so much uncertainty at the time. So I, I came back, um, you know, was on a was on a packed flight at like eleven o'clock at night. Uh, you know, and so I just remember sitting in the Uber on the way home, um, and just thinking, I for sure got this, you know, I was at a conference with people from all over the country. Um, now I was just on a flight, you know, went through LAX. I, I, I for sure have this thing. Right. And so kind of became ultra cautious in that sense. Um, and, and started just looking into, okay, like what, what can what can I do? Because if I don't have it now, I might get it in the future. And so, what what can I do to um, kind of build my body up and and protect myself? Um, being an, an asthmatic, yeah, we got we, we got cut off. All right, where where was I? Where was I? I'll just roll right back in. Yeah. So, um, so you were sharing that you um, are asthmatic. So start all the way back okay. there. Yeah. Okay. No no problem. No problem. Um, yeah, so it, because of that, right, it was just another reason to take this very seriously and do what I could to, um, improve my immune system. And so the, the first thing that, that I was able to find, you know, as far as what can you do like today to make yourself healthier, um, improve your body's ability to fight disease and immune compromisations and things like that. Everything said, get off nicotine, right? Nicotine, no good. Um, and so kind of with that frame of mind, um, I made that decision of, okay, well, that is my step one. Let's cut this out now. And at least we'll, at least we'll have that. Um, and so 
I used the fear of the, the, the COVID disease as far as not wanting to drive to gas stations, not wanting to have my fingers in and out of my mouth, you know, putting, putting the dip in and taking it out and spitting in bottles and all that nasty stuff. Um, and so that was my, that was almost my support, right? Was that fear. It was, it was a little bit of extra motivation to not do it again. Um, working remote helped a ton um, because I didn't have, I wasn't driving by seven gas stations every day on my way to work and on my way home from work, right? Because each one of those gas stations, when you're trying to quit, is a potential for you to just slip and just pull in, go in, give the four bucks for a tin, right? And you're back to where you started. So not having those opportunities, um, I kind of could see that if I was ever going to have a chance to stop, this might be the easiest time, sort of because of that environment that COVID had created. A little bit of fear of going into places. I'm out and about less, so there's less uh, opportunity for enticement, less chance of me just sort of slipping naturally right? Less opportunity for me to be away from my wife. So I can't even do it in secret, right? Because uh, that's the nature of addiction, right? You'll, you'll do anything, right? Uh, to, to, to sneak, sneak a little bit uh, and get your fix. And so I, yeah. I used all of that to just sort of keep myself focused on the goal of getting a little bit healthier. Um, and so and with um with giving up nicotine, did you tell anybody that you were doing this, or did you just do it and let them notice? I told Caitlin, my wife, um, that it had to happen, and that she was probably going to be dealing with a little bit of a grumpy me for a while, and that's what's going on. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody else for fear of failure. Um, you know, my, my mom had an uncle that, that, uh, used chewing tobacco all the time. And he, his, his like famous saying was, I can quit anytime I want. As a matter of fact, I've done it hundreds of times. Right. <laughs> With, yeah. You know, the, and that's totally the way it goes, right? You tell yourself you're going to quit. You maybe make it a day, two days, three days, a week. And then you find a reason to go back to it. So I didn't want to tell anybody um, and like build up any hopes and, and things like that, that I was kicking this stuff. Um, so it was probably a month until I, I, you know, told some friends, my parents like, Hey, you know, I just want you to know I've been, been off this for, for a month. It's the longest I've gone in 10 years. Right. And so, um, you yeah, know, just yeah. to kind of celebrate it a little bit. It's so cool. I have to tell you a little story. So I worked in human resources as my first career, and I had planned a smoking cessation clinic for my employees, and I was living with my dad at the time, and um, we didn't see each other much. Our work schedules were a little opposite, but um, he was a smoker all my life, and I brought a business card home for the hypnotherapist that I had hired, and I just said to him, hey, if you ever want to quit, here's a resource for you, uh, and he said, okay. He put it to the side. And, you know, time went by and he eventually came to me and said, I'm so upset with you. I've made a major change and you haven't noticed it. And I thought, 
huh, I wonder what it is. I'm looking at him thinking, did he lose weight? Did he get a new hairstyle? Like what's different, you know? And um, he had called the hypnotherapist and he had quit smoking and, um, and I hadn't noticed. And, um, you know, he was, he was hoping I would notice, but it was so beautiful because like you, he didn't tell anybody. So he had no pressure. Um, it's something he really wanted to do and he was, you know, completely dedicated to it and it was really for him. And, um, of course, then I celebrated with him and I was really, then I started looking around the house and I'm like, wow, it is cleaner and fresher around here. And, um, you know, all the things that I had learned to just ignore, um, you know, I noticed and I was like, oh my gosh, dad, I'm so proud of you. So it is really cool when you can be your own internal driving force and then um, have people to celebrate afterwards. Yes. Yes. And it was, there was certainly help along the way. Um, Caitlin made this cute little flip book that was her and, and the boys and, you know, my brothers and sisters and, and, you know, just the cover page said, you know, all the reasons why you're quitting, why you're doing this. So stuff like that is beautiful. Right. That that because that is why. Right. It it's not for this week or next month. This is so that in 40 years, I'm still here, you know, and that can be. That I think that's one of the hardest things about about kicking a, a habit like that is it's not necessarily the immediate result that you're after. It's the long term play. And so the the power of me utilizing COVID as a motivator was that it actually shifted that focus to the short term, right? I had an immediate reason why I needed to quit. And it just, it, it really, uh, it brought it home for me. You know, it's sort of the one marshmallow now versus two marshmallows later situation, right? I'm a more, I'm a one marshmallow now kind of guy. I, I, I know that. Right. And so I, now I had the one marshmallow now to get me to quit. And so I just kind of held on to that. Um, and it took me through. And so once, once I got through the, the active quitting phase, I'll call it, which probably was a solid month for me. Um, I started thinking, okay, one of the one of the things that happens when people get off nicotine is typically some weight gain, um, which can lead to stress, which sometimes will put people right back to where they started. Uh, and so I was like, well, I can't let that happen, right? Because remember that that's sort of my that's always been at the forefront. My weight that has always right. been something that you know I, I think about, I worry about, I am embarrassed about, quite frankly. Um, and so I, you know, I, the, the fad, I guess, or at least in my circles is, is the keto paleo carnivore diet kind of lifestyle, right? That, that's the crowd that I guess I, uh, am attracted to the podcast that I listen to, right? That's the stuff I'm hearing about. And I was, and and I'm a, I'm a natural skeptic. I'll, I'll leave it at that. And so, um, you know, I, I understand the value of, of little bits and pieces here, but I'm also, I've failed at so many diets over the years that I just didn't have a lot of faith that any of those were going to work. 
So I'd put in some serious time to come up with what are some, what are the core health nutritional values that I can believe in and that have some evidence behind them. And I am not a nutritionist by any stretch. I am very good at researching, but it's awfully hard to validate all the information you get online these days, right? So I, I, I kind of did all that, and I spent probably two weeks uh, of some serious research and soul searching of like, what, what can I do? What am I willing to commit to? Um, and so I started off pretty, pretty uh, simple in that sense by doing the intermittent fasting. Because that, again, was something um, that had some, at least from what I found, some demonstrated results in terms of your uh, immune response, right? Yep. So, so I was like, okay, well, I'll start with that. I'll, I'll just skip, I'll skip breakfast and, um, you know, just be conscious of when I stop eating at night. So at least I'm giving my body that little period of time where it's not having food shoved down its hole. Right. Uh, and, and so did that for a couple of weeks as I kept formulating like, okay, what's the next play? What's the next phase of this? Um, well, I want to stop you really quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love it that you started with intermittent fasting because it's such a way you're right to give your body a rest and to help rid your body of the weak cells. Um, and so for people who don't know what intermittent fasting is, is it's, um, timed eating. And so in the olden days, we used to talk about breakfast as breaking the fast. So you might eat dinner at five or six o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, and then you wouldn't eat for 12 hours. And so that's how breakfast became such a popular thing, because then you could eat breakfast potentially at if you stopped eating at 7 p.m., you could have breakfast at 7 a.m. But um, and so at a minimum, we should all be doing that. But to be healthier, um, you can move that needle some. And so it's very common for people to then do um, a 16 hour fast. Um, and occasionally do even a 24 hour fast. Now I've never done that myself, but I tend to enjoy working out in the morning. And so it's really easy to, you know, I want to work out on an empty stomach. So I'll drink water in the morning and then I'll do my workout and then I won't eat until 10 or 11 in the morning. And, um, I think a lot of people find that easy too, but for people who maybe work the second or third shift, they do it the opposite where they're you know, having their meals shift according to their work schedule, but still, you know, having a, uh, a certain amount of fasting and a certain amount of eating time to just give your body a break. So what did you choose? What, what is your fasting and so, eating schedule? So at that time it was stop eating at 9 PM by 9 PM. And then, um, don't eat until it was like usually sometime between 12 and one. So it was like okay. a 15 to 16 hour um, kind of fast. So right in line with what you're talking about. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and, and Caitlin did this as well. Um, and then she started, she had to like, she had to get out of the house. She had to get away from the kids, right? She, she cause I, I was, I was doing the whole remote, remote work deal. She was dealing with the kids all day. And so she 
she started running. Um, and she totally was a motivating factor in all this because she got just, she was crushing it. She was doing great, feeling great. Um, and, and that, that kind of thing is, is contagious for sure. And so I, I used, you know, the, the research I had done and then some personal experience um, of when we had been in Europe of just, we, we have always commented to each other just, you know, almost in passing, <clears throat> excuse me, about how different we felt after we ate when we were in, uh, in our case, France in particular, in, in provincial France, right? Small village, village area. Um, where the meat came from the neighbor and the bread came from the other neighbor and the egg, you know what I mean? It, it literally was that old school um, village market kind of setting. And, and to the point where you, there cl so clearly was a difference in, in the food. And so I started looking into that and, and basically came to the understanding that uh simple foods work better your body can handle yeah. it better the more simple it is the better off you are right and so the, i i kind of use that as my uh overarching thesis to develop uh, what ultimately would become our family nutritional plan um uh, and so we've got you you know this but everyone else doesn't we've got two little kids one will be four in december the other one just turned two earlier this week, right? So young boys, um, tons of energy growing, right? I did not, I knew that a recipe for failure would be some sort of restrictive diet where uh, I had to eat something specific. Caitlin had to eat something specific. Oh, and by the way, we also need to make food that our young kids are going to eat. Right. So that yeah, they're no, getting it doesn't work. <laughs> not, not realistic. Right. And so I, I had this, I'll call it an epiphany because that's really how it felt that just take all of the things that we normally eat, all of the recipes. And we do, we are not, uh, even before this, we are not a go out to eat kind of family. I love to cook. Um, it's, that is my, one of my outlets is cooking. So I love being in the kitchen. I love cooking for people. Um, so that, that is certainly a blessing, uh, to, to be able to roll through the rest of this was that I love that. And so I thought about all the recipes that we have regularly, right? So to give you an idea, like a very typical week for us, spaghetti one night, tacos another night, uh, maybe like a stir fry kind of thing. Um, maybe like a chili or, a you know, a whole chicken, um, and then rice, gravy, mashed potatoes, right. You're, you're sort of American staples, um, to, to go yeah. along with it, but pretty much every meal we had included pasta, white rice or potatoes. Oh, at least one meal a day had one of those things. Usually two meals a day. If you want to throw bread in there, you know, we're, we're out the door with, with starchy carbs, right? High processed starchy yeah. carbs. It's a delicious vehicle. Right. And so I, I, I thought to myself, what if, 
what if we could just, what if I could figure out a way to just replace those carb vehicles with, with better whole grain, simple options? What would that look like? And, and would that make it more manageable to be able to, you know, basically make one meal, but allow all of us to get what we needed? And so, so that's what I did. And I came away with this. I, I chose two, um, what I'll call grains that we, that me and Caitlin were allowed to have because she wanted to do this with me. So the two grains I chose were quinoa and oatmeal. Whole grains, protein, fiber, fill you up, keep you full, right? Very simple things. Um, quinoa would replace uh, rice and potatoes. So any recipe where usually we would use rice or potatoes, we would simply make quinoa and have that instead, right? So instead of chicken and rice, now it's chicken and quinoa. With stir fry, instead of putting it on white rice, you put it on some quinoa, right? And it's great. Um Yep. Sometimes, you know, I I would make, uh, I used the oatmeal almost like a, like a grits, you know, so you could do like a Cajun, Cajun oatmeal sausage dish, right? That was the general idea. And then for the pasta, um, I would just replace it with some, some type of vegetable, whether it was, uh, you know, making my own zoodles or using spaghetti squash or, you know, just zucchini different ways to kind of replicate the textures and and things like that um so that that is what we did and then for the kids we would just boil a pot of of pasta for the kids because they're two and three and they need to you know they just need to eat um and then we'd usually mix it together for them right so they're at least getting some vegetables and some of the normal stuff and then we have our option which was you know, the veggies or the quinoa or, or whatever. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And, and, and it I was think... great. It was so effective. Um, I, I couldn't even believe it, but yeah, go ahead. And so, um, well, what I think is awesome is, you know, I've spent the last couple of weeks putting together a, um, a five day gluten-free grain-free challenge where I put together a bunch of recipes. I'm going to have to send it to you when I get it completely done, but you're just showing that um, to eat this way is to really eat whole foods, which is what I'm trying to teach too. And then it is swapping out things. And um, a lot of people don't realize that um, regular white flour and wheat-based, gluten-based products are so inflammatory and inflammation is at the root of all disease. And so, you know, through your research, I'm sure you found that and just were able to lock into what are the healthy grains? And, um, you know, it, it makes it so easy. And um, you're reminding me of a story of my oldest son, like all my kids are foodies, but he was especially, you know, and he was in college and um, I made pasta bolognese um, as a meal for him when he came to visit home. And uh, I made it with zucchini noodles because I had bought a spiralizer. And uh, he was like, what's this? Oh my gosh, you know, there's nothing on the plate. It just shrinks down to nothing. And um, I said, Oh, no, no, you're gonna love it. Just try it. And I had made it with Italian sausage and ground beef and a really nice red sauce. And, um, and he said later, he called 
from the grocery store two days later and said, that was so delicious. I didn't feel bloated. Um, I had so much more energy after eating it. I want to make it again before I go back to school. And, um, and so it really is true. You know, with people who are listening to you talk, you know, it's these foods, they're so delicious. And the way your body takes the nutrients, it just, it's so satisfying. And a hundred percent. You Exactly. And, and what it helped me realize is my favorite thing about spaghetti is the sauce. It's the spaghetti sauce. It's not, it's not the noodles. The noodles are just the vehicle to eat the sauce, right? Yeah. So you can, you can switch that around and, and, it, and it's very effective. Um, so that, uh, that little switch. And I, I knew that I needed to limit what my options were so that I wasn't ever searching so that we could just, you know, find recipes to make. And it was, we, we already knew what we were going to be replacing. Right. So it really took a lot of the, the effort and thought process away from the whole deal of just, okay, quinoa and oatmeal that those are our kind of grains. And then, um, any other kind of carb piece will replace with a vegetable of some kind. Um, we, we did sweet potato as well. So sometimes we use sweet potato instead of regular potato. Right. Um, so things, mm-hmm. things like that. And so did that. Oh, I wanted to ask yeah, you yeah. really quick. Wait, wait, wait. I want to ask you. So about meat, did you switch then to buying grass fed or, um, pasture raised meats or what, what, where'd you land with that? Not immediately. Um, We'll, we'll fast forward a little bit in the story just, just to address this. So ultimately, uh, I did, particularly for beef. I actually bought half of, a, half of a beef, half a cow from a farm in Ohio, uh, like pasture raised, right? I, I bought it while it was alive. They sent me notes when it was getting butchered, and then we drove out to Ohio to pick up the 350 pounds of, of meat. Right. And so, so ultimately this, this path did lead me to, Hey, how can I get out of the big meat commercial meat cycle? Right. Knowing, knowing that it's not ideal. Um, and, and we're not perfect. It's chicken is the hardest. There's a, like, just from a price discrepancy, right. The, the, like sort of the heirloom or, or small pasture style chicken is, is expensive in comparison, but, but we try, um, the beef we were able to do, I was able to get that half a beef, um, bring it home. We got two freezers full literally of this, of this animal. Um, I sold, you know, sold some shares to some people I work with and family members and things like that. And, uh, I mean, I will sing the praises of that decision to anyone who wants to listen. It is so measurably different, um, not only the quality and the taste, but the first thing I noticed was how much faster it defrosts than grocery store meat, which really, for some reason, uh, like creeped me out. Because the only reason it would defrost at a different rate is if there's stuff in the other meat that isn't actually meat. Right. So, so that was a little Mm -hmm. concerning, but so yes, we, we did get there. Um, I have some feelers out 
now to try to find the you know same sort of deal for getting like half a hog um, and maybe a, a little chicken or egg supplier or something like that. So, well, I will give you um, I will give you this tip if you you know um, want to buy things in smaller quantities. Um, when I was buying for my family of five, uh, there is a farm in Iowa called Wallace. Farm. Okay. And, uh, and on Mill Street, right across from Naperville North in that warehousing area is a wonderful pickup location. Um, Naperville is so fortunate oh to have gosh. this actual location where they have freezer cases. They, they bring the meat in. And so people come and pick up what they ordered online, but they can also shop for any last minute things in the freezer case. And they do have, you know, um, all the different options, including some fish. Um, and then they have pickup sites, you know, by, you know, normally it's like a little truck that goes to the side of the road and people, you know, drive. Up yeah, to that. sure. But so throughout the Chicagoland area, they have that as well. So not just in Naperville, but I, I really love the people from Wallace Farm and their product is. Well, excellent. that's exactly um, the kind of thing I wanted to hear. That's awesome. Thank you for that. Yep. You're welcome. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Go okay. Ahead. So, so we started with that little diet change. Um, and that was, I think we really started that like probably the last week in May, um, immediately felt a difference just as far as the, the energy that I had throughout the day to play with the boys and, you know, thing, things like that skin clearing up, right. Some, some weight loss, um, but mostly just felt better. Uh, didn't, you know, wasn't you know, to not to be too graphic, but you know, starting and ending your day on the toilet is not ideal, right? <laughs> so, so mm-hmm. getting getting some <laughs> getting some freedom in the, in that sense, um, and and carried that through, and really really did a good job. And I I don't want to forget this because I think for me this this maybe is what kept me able to continue down this path was I I planned for my own weaknesses. And some of my weaknesses are I love late night snacks. I love late night snacks. And so I just, instead of trying to like shoehorn myself into no snacking, you know, don't be weak. uh, I just said, you know what? It's fine, but let's control what your snacks can be. And so I, just like I kind of did with the, the, you know, my grains are quinoa and oatmeal. My snacks were dark chocolate and popcorn. Two, two things yeah. that are satisfying, right? If, if I wanted a more on the savory snack side, I'd go for some popcorn. If I needed something sweet, I'd do dark chocolate or maybe even like make some kettle corn, right? Just just to get the satiation and, and the mental side, right? Because with the, the little kids, you got them the whole day. They go to bed. There's nothing better than just sitting on the couch, watching a little bit of Netflix with each other and like, you know, having a little munchie. And so I, I programmed what my snacks were into this deal. Um, and that, that worked wonderfully. So fast forward about a month and a half into that, um, I was probably down to about 230. So probably had lost about 15 pounds since the start of COVID, had kicked nicotine at this point, totally revamped what foods I was putting into my body. And... Um, and was honestly like, oh, an important thing that happened for my birthday in the end of June, my wife got me a Fitbit and I started wearing that religiously. 
and and actually looking at what I was doing. And I came to the conclusion that for if I just pushed myself a little bit, um, 10,000 steps a day was right about where I should be. That basically meant that I took about 45 minutes out of my day to just walk. And that's what would allow me to get to 10,000 steps. And so from July 12th until um, just about two weeks ago, I did not miss 10,000 steps one day. I got 10,000 awesome. every day. And that is how my mind works, right? I, I am to a fault, an all or nothing kind of guy. And so in my head, it was an obsession. I mean, we would be watching Netflix at night and I would pace back and forth in our family room to get to 10,000. You know, like, oh yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of crazier. I'd lay in bed and I'd literally have like 9,700 and I would go and just go up and down the stairs until I got to 10,000. So I, I really was a crazy person about it, but it was just, that was a little bit of a win every single day. And I was feeling better and better and better and better. Um, and then in late July, I don't even remember what, what sparked the conversation, but I talked to somebody that was like, um, yeah, for, for a while I was, I would do, um, like 16 to 20 hour fasts most days. And they just, you know, had some great things to say about it. And I was like, well, okay, let's, let's see what I can do. And so, um, part of this was, I, I real, I, I was, I was not great at, uh, stopping my eating. The late night eating was still, was still a problem, right? That, that was my Achilles heel. And I knew it was preventing me from like really seeing some gains. And so through that conversation, I had the realization of just like, well, instead of beating myself up for eating at night, like late at night, why don't I just cut lunch out? Bye. I love you, bud. Have a good time at Uncle Nathan. <laughs> Sorry, Tamara. Um, and, and so I just rolled with that. And I was like, okay, well, then I just won't eat until dinner. I'll just start eating at five and, you know, just – then I won't even have to worry about it. So that's what I did. So, like, the, starting the last week in July, I just wouldn't eat until five. And it forced a couple things. Um, the most important, I think, was how much water I had to drink to keep myself from feeling really hungry. Right. It, 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 it almost forced me to, to stay hydrated, like where you're supposed to be. Um, and it also just, you know, by sheer mathematics reduced my calorie intake because eating the good foods that we were eating, it's really hard to get, you know, say 3000 calories between five and 9 PM. It's just hard to do. You you know, you you get full before you get too far along that number, right? Um and so I did that and that changed everything. It was like yeah. it was like the master class. I started shedding weight, I started feeling more energetic. I started for the first time in probably seven years, I was able to run pain free. 
right? So, so all these little things built up to me getting to the point where I was able to take off when I started this. And so Monday through Friday, every week, I wouldn't eat until I got home from work. So let's say that's 5.30. And then I, it took away all of the stress about, you know, whether I was eating too late or whether my dinner was too big. It didn't matter. I could eat freely because I knew the foods were good and I knew I didn't have enough time to overeat that much, right? Was still doing my walking, was still getting everything in in that sense. Um, and th this is when things just started multiplying. Um, so f any, any questions about that? <laughs> I was gonna I, I'm just I'm, I'm so excited for you I'm just sitting and taking it all in um yeah I mean I really think it's so true like yeah like the food I'm so glad that you like have landed on like how satisfying real food is and um and that yeah you don't overeat because you get satisfied you know like when we get cravings for potato chips we eat the whole bag because our body is like, well, where's the nutrition? I still haven't gotten anything. So you just keep eating, hoping that somehow your body's going to register that it got something and it doesn't. And so, um, but by eating, you know, the quality meats and veggies and maybe a little fruit and the, these whole grains, your body's getting exactly what it needs. And so it doesn't need to be eating all day. Yes. And to everyone out there, do not think for a second that I was perfect in this. Some nights I just had to have like a piece of toast with some jam. You, you know what I mean? Like I didn't kill myself over adhering to all of the rules, but I followed it like probably 95% of the time. You know, if, if we, if we were yeah. at my parents' well, I house, I wasn't going to not eat the dinner that my mom made. And I wasn't going to make her make some, second meal, right? I would just manage my portions a little bit better in those situations because I'm still a social person. Um, I, I, I was never, it was never an option for me to have this like interrupt my social life. Uh, and, and so that, no. that was well, important for me as well to just know that it's okay because you're doing so well the rest of the time. It's okay to have this stuff every once in a while. It's okay to have a treat. Yeah. Well, and I, I definitely want that. I'm glad you're saying that because yeah, what's working for you, this is not no. a roadmap for others. <laughs> this is what's working for you. And, um, and I, I remember being a kid. So my dad didn't come home from work until nine and then he was an amazing cook and he would make steak and grilled mushrooms and onions and butter and all this amazing food at night. And I remember I would go to my room I'd say hi to him. And then I would go lock myself in my room because I'm like, I already ate dinner. If I sit here and visit with you, I'm bound to eat some of this. So I wouldn't come out till the dishes were done. Um, because during the week I kept myself on, you know, my, uh, version of a good diet. And then usually on Sunday is when I would go off the rails because we would go to the bakery in the morning and get good bread. We would make homemade sauce. We call it Sugo on the stove all day. We would go buy cold cuts and, um, in Rockford, there's a potato chip plant called Mrs. Fisher's. So we'd go to the potato chip plant and buy the homemade potato chips. And then we would have, um, you know, the, a pasta dinner. So Sundays was cr like a crazy eating fest. Now I admit, I, I don't like pasta, so I never ate the pasta. <laughs> I would eat salad and bread and sauce, but, um, but then Monday would come back around and I'm back sure. on my plan. Um, and so, yeah, that's, what's really important is that 
you've identified the foods and the plan that work for you and maybe work for Kate. And as we all are hearing this, we have to think about, well, what's the plan that's going to work for me so that I can accomplish my um, weight loss goals or have more energy or vitality or whatever it is. Absolutely. And, and that, if there's one message that people can take away from this is that the best thing I did was identify my personal weaknesses and then plan this plan around what I knew my weaknesses were, right? It's why I programmed what my snacks were because I knew I was going to need snacks at night, right? And then when I realized that, well, I can't, there's something about like getting the kids to bed, coming down. It's the first time me and my wife have time together. There's something about eating then that is important to me, like emotionally. And so instead of trying to fight that and feeling bad about myself every night, the easy answer was, well, just now I don't have lunch. My dinner is my lunch. And after the kids go to bed is my dinner, right? I just moved my schedule down, down the road to account for my weaknesses and flaws. So that I, yeah, I think that that is important. Um, take, take into yes. account your personality and the, and your lifestyle because even, even with, you know, identifying that, you know, we had two kids. There's no way that we could just make everything healthy and like that my kids would be happy and eat all the stuff. Sometimes kids want mac and cheese and chicken nuggets, you know, you know, yeah, but there's there better are, options. But honestly, there's better options. And I have to tell you, I make a homemade chocolate chip cookie with um, Enjoy Life chocolate chips, which are dairy free and almond flour. And no one can tell the difference. They are so good. And then I buy like organic cane sugar and like all the different ingredients that go into this recipe are the highest quality ingredients. And so you don't have to eat a million of the cookies. You can have a couple of them and be completely for, satisfied for sure and um, one of my personally like one of the hidden benefits of this is how creative it's forced me to be in my cooking which i love it's so fun i i've been able to develop new new uh new recipes and new styles of cooking and so like if the kids want chicken nuggets i grind up oatmeal into a flour and that's the coating. And so I, it's right. Uh, it's the things that they want to eat, but I make them in a more healthy way. So just cu- coming yeah. up with different, different means of achieving that um, has, has been really awesome. So anyways, I switched to the long fast, let's call it 18 to 20 hours um, uh, every, every day, Monday through Friday. And then um, Saturday and Sunday, I would just do my regular fast and usually have lunch um, and things like that. And then in September, we got a home gym system thing called Tempo. And it's it's like Mirror, if you've seen that across Facebook, but it's a big video screen. It came with free weights. Um, it has sensors, and so it can give you form feedback and things like that. It counts all your reps for you, does the heart rate monitoring, things like that. But it's programmed classes and it's set training regimens. Um, and it just takes you through that. And so we've been doing that since the end of September when we got it. Um, neither We 
we do the same program. So we're accountability buddies, me and my wife. Um, and that is where that's sort of the newest chapter in this body transformation is we're back. We're, we're getting physically stronger. We're changing the, the way that our bodies are built. Right. And, and the gains that we've seen because we laid that good foundation of getting a little bit healthier, uh, you know, it's so much easier to work out hard when you don't have unnecessary pressure on all of your joints and, and things like that. Right. And so this, this whole yeah. system has led us to, to now we can go downstairs and a 45 minute takes 45 minutes, right? It's not 15 minutes to get to the gym, five minutes to get set up, 45 minutes to do your workout, five minutes to clean up, 10 minutes to go, right? It's, Again, we've got little kids. Time is important. Time is of the essence. Time is one of the excuses why I hadn't done this for the last, you know, five years. So having that in the basement has been a lifesaver. And I did other things too. I started playing tennis um, in the mornings before work. I, I, I found a guy and we would play two or three times a week, you know, and so um, just built back into that general activity stuff that everyone does when they're young, right? people wonder why they're fit when they're 18. Like, yeah, your body's 18. But if you go back, you also had, you had something to do all the time. You, you know, you were always playing with your friends or doing something or walking to your buddy's house or riding your bike or right. All that goes away. Re recreation goes out the window when you're an adult. Um, and so you do, yeah, you have you to, you have to, you have to right. try, you have to, actually... you have to try to do it. And, and there have been so many cool things that have come about. Like I know none of this, none of this process would have happened if we hadn't locked down for COVID. As crazy as that sounds, that was the catalyst for all this. And and I mean, we we had to get creative as a family of what are we going to do for fun, right? We can't go to Chuck E. Cheese, can't go to the bowling alley. You know what? What are we going to do? And so we just every weekend we started hitting up different forest preserves, going for walks, going for hikes. We explored pretty much all of Northern Illinois to the point where, uh, you know, a, a month ago, Caitlin goes, you know, I, I had no idea how beautiful the Midwest was until COVID, you know, because we're, we're going to all yeah. these places that we've never been. And you've got prairie preserves and forest preserves. You got starved rock. You've got, you know, stuff in Ohio and stuff up in Michigan and Wisconsin that are beautiful. Um, and we just, we never unplugged enough to allow ourselves to enjoy those things. So that's, that's yeah. been huge. It's been great for our family. It's made us more active collectively, um, just sort of building those habits for our kids. Uh, and then as I stand here today, I'm at 192 pounds. I'm the, oh yeah, gosh. I'm the lightest I've been since I, realistically probably six months or a year after I got back from West Point, which is when I was 20. So, I mean, it's, it's a legit 10 year low. Um, I've never felt better. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm strong. 
Um, I'm healthy. I can run. I, you know, my energy is, is off the charts, maybe too much. If you ask my wife, I'm like bouncing off the walls all the time, you know? <laughs> uh, but the, the results are so reinforcing to the behaviors that we've built um, that it, it's, it, I always laughed when I hear, would hear people talk about like, oh, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle, right? But that is true. You, you have to buy into it to the point where it is a lifestyle. Otherwise, it will just be a diet and it will, it, it will be temporary. Well, and you haven't put anything in that is a fad. You got back to the reality of real food, family time, home cooking. Um, I don't know if you guys set the table um, but I, I'm a huge fan of like, let's set the table, let's light a candle, let's say dinner. prayers. Yes, actual dinner um, time. Yeah, not eating at the island or sitting on the sofa. Not that you can't ever do that. But um, it's, you know, it's so amazing. Like my uh, oldest boys are living together with two other friends. And my oldest son always lived in these beautiful condos in the city that didn't have room for a kitchen table. And now there's four of them living in this place in Old Town, and it's 3,000 square feet, and it has a beautiful space for a kitchen table and even three uh, stools at the island. And um, they're so, these boys are so happy. They finally can like make food and sit down at the table and eat like they grew up eating, you know? And um, it's like we take that for granted, that opportunity to do that. But it's what makes mealtime. Like you sit with people, you know, whether you're your friends or your family um, and you just break bread. Right. Totally. So to say. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, I think that it is true slowing down and, and this COVID experience, it's, it's a gift that um, it's one of the pieces. That's a gift. For sure. I just yeah. sent you a picture that I sent into the, We're back. We're, We're back. back. It dropped when I got the picture. Oh, um, that's okay. all right. Yeah, tell me about gonna... the picture. Who did you send the picture to? So I, I sent it to Tempo, the, the home workout people. Um, it's, a, it's a new product that literally came out like, geez, they couldn't have planned it any better. I mean, they, I think they released it in like January of 2020. Um, so that their, their back order time was like six weeks for a while there. But, you know, I just, I just wanted them to, to see – how much I appreciate their, their product and then the difference that it's made in my life um, and, and how I feel. Uh, I'm going to have it, to look into it because I am a group fitness person and, um, and I have been really, really missing. Uh, I've gone to a few yoga classes where there's three of us. Um, and I know that we're, you know, this new advisory is going to make that go away for a while. Um, so I'm in the market for something like this. So, you know, it's, I am, it's really great. Um, it's like any new product, you know, it has its, its lumps and bumps, you know, whether it's connectivity issues from time to time or, or things like that, you know, there's little bugs. It's a, it's a tech, it's a software sort of thing uh, that blew up way faster than I'm sure they anticipated, right? They released it right before COVID. So the demand is probably 
tenfold even their wildest expectations that it would be for a home gym product, right? Given everything that's going on. Um, but if the, the all in sort of price of it is directly comparable to what my wife and I paid for a gym membership, you know? And so it was, it was making realizations like that of, I don't know when we're going to go to the gym again. So let's take that and put it towards something we're actually going to use. Um, and, and it's easy to use, you know, easy to the point where today is a, an off day in the program that I'm doing, um, on that, on that bad boy. And, and I'm a little tight in the hips and lower back from, um, the workout yesterday. And so I, you know, when I woke up this morning, I went down and I did a 15 minute lower back mobility little exercise, right? So just the, the simplicity of being able to do things like that and just make marginal improvements every day. Um, and it's, it's been pretty cool. It's, it's a very cool piece of technology. It comes with, it, it's, it comes with free weights. I don't know exactly how much, but it comes with dumbbells, a barbell, and then, um, you know, free weights that probably equal about a hundred pounds. Um, so it's, it's really is a full, a full system to, to get you going. Uh, and pretty, pretty cool. We we're, we're borderline obsessed with it at this point. That's so cool. Um, yeah. I so, love I love so much that you turned your fear into action. So many people get paralyzed by fear and you didn't. You turned it into massive action and um and everything that you've incorporated. Nick the nicotine, ditching the nicotine, adding more water, intermittent fasting, you know, whole foods, the best quality you can afford, home cooking, you know, spending time outdoors, all the things that are just, oh my gosh, so easy when you put a plan together. Yeah. And, and when you, when you say them all together, it sounds like a lot, right? But it literally, it really was like just these small decisions, just little notches in the belt over time. Um, you know, and like now, now my biggest problem is I only, you know, I don't have that many pants that fit, <laughs> you know, like th <laughs> things like that. Um, I bought, I bought a new belt in September and it's too big already, you know? So like, you know, I'll take those problems as they come any day, any day of the week. But it's, uh, I, I hope that there are a lot of people, especially that live around the Chicago area that took advantage of the fact that this might be the best eight month stretch of weather that I've ever experienced in Chicago lane. I yeah, mean, we, it, was, it was, this summer was incredible. We had maybe those two weeks where it was, you know, mid nineties where it was a bit hot. And other than that, I mean, it, it was, it was wonderful. Um, so you had every opportunity to, to get out and go do things. And even today it was like 50 degrees, right? It's the middle of middle of November. Halloween was, was beautiful. Right. And so there, there's been these little blessings through, through this whole deal that um, have made it a bit more manageable. Certainly. Yeah. Well, and weather, I, I just think weather, like I love living where there's four seasons and um, we can't be intimidated by winter. 
you know, no? our two two oldest boys were born in Minnesota and I used to work four days a week. And on my day off, we would get all dressed up in our snowsuits and play in the garage. Um, we would just open the doors and get the fresh air, but it was so bitter cold there. Right. Um, but I tell people here, like, no matter how old you are, you should own a, a, a pair of snow pants and boots and scarves and mittens and every day still go on your walk and, yes. um, and buy, you, buy you... snowshoes. Costco has really cheap snowshoes and go out to the forest preserves and all the trails and just get those snowshoes out and keep, keep hiking, you know? Hello? Yep, I'm still here. Oh, there we go. I don't know what happened there for a second. Um, okay. Yes. So you, when you were in Naperville, did you ever – are you familiar with, with Hobson School? Yeah. Okay. So we started DJ there in October. Um, and it was the, – the hook is that the kids are outside the whole day. Um, it, you know, for people who don't know, it's a preschool in, in a private preschool in Naperville. Um, the whole idea is letting kids learn through play in nature. It's a, it's a co-op. So parents are very involved, right? So in the face of, of COVID and, and everything like that, you know, on top of just, he's, he's three, almost four, right? The last, he's, a day and then you know even as a, a teenager you know high school was brutal for me and I just felt like I was stuck right and so when I was talking to other preschools around they all sound very impressive curriculums impressive and then I would ask how much time do the kids spend outside every day and the responses were usually like well you know we 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 try to get them outside for you know 15 to 20 minutes a day when it when it's nice when weather allows and I was just like, all right, 15 minutes out of three hours. Like, they're three. What are you? Yeah, it's not enough. No, it's not enough at all. Um, and and Hobson is is the opposite. They are outside 100% of the time unless there's lightning or, like, dangerous cold. And so just like you were talking about, it's on the parents to take the kids there with clothes that will keep them comfortable for that day and whether that means like a whole jumper rain suit you know for rainy days and like you said the snow pants and boots and and everything the accoutrement for winter around here um that's what you got to be ready to do and so i even things like that i'm not sure that a year ago we make the decision to send him somewhere like hobson because we weren't bought into that lifestyle yet uh, so I know that there's going to be things, there's going to be subsequent benefits that come from the decisions we've made that I, that I don't even know yet. Um, and that's, that's a yeah. really exciting thing, right? As a parent, all you want is for your kids to have the best experience possible, to be healthy and happy and well-adjusted. Um, and, and, and I think that what we have done is, is opened more doors of potential success for them in, in, that, in that sense. 
Yeah, it's so true, especially the um, age of your kids. So many kids are at home, you know, on tablets and, um, you know, in front of the TV and the parents are working and it's really hard to make it all work, but um, you have found a way to provide for them. And, um, and that way, you know, they're outside and learning and growing and being in, in nature and uh, getting their needs met. And it's just, that's so beautiful. It is very easy, not only for kids, it's very easy for adults as well to live a very sterile life these days right? Because you can order everything online and it can just come to your house tomorrow. Um, I, we did for March, April, May, um, when numbers were really high in the spring, we, pr- we did exclusive like uh, grocery pickup. Uh, we, we, we like Caputo's. Uh, I know you used to live right over. By, by I Caputo's. love Caputo's. Yeah. So, so we would do the Caputo's pickup. Um, you know, pull up, they'd load the bags in the trunk, boom, back home, good to go. Um, and that was a good alternative at the time. But man, when when things opened back up a little bit more and I, you know, we felt a little better about going into grocery stores, I forgot how much I love the experience of the grocery store, of being able to pick out my own produce. You know, like pick out the avocados that I want, find the find the Find the uh, whatever you call the bunch of bananas that's the right amount of green, right? Because you know how long it takes your kids to eat the bananas. So if they're too if they're too ripe on day one, they're never going to get to the last one. You know what I mean? Like things like that, um, sale shopping, and I forgot how much I love that. Yeah, and, and- it's so true. I'm the same way, and um, and I won't name any names because I don't want to say anything bad about stores. But I am very keyed into the energy. And the lighting and the way things are displayed. And if I go into a store and it's not quite right, I can't shop there. Like, cause it's such, it brings me so much joy to spend the time and I want, you know, like to really embrace that. And so yeah, Caputo's um, and you know, a few other stores are my favorites and it's true. Like you're picking that and it's, you know, a gift you're giving yourself. Yeah. There, there is something so, so satisfying about, about that. And even more so when, you know, such a substantial part of our diet had redirected um, to that produce, the fresh produce options, right? Yeah. It, and you can't buy it at some stores because you're right. Like, unless you're willing to go grocery shopping, which I am, and I'm sure you are, every couple of days. If you buy, if you only like to grocery shop for a week at a time, things right. won't last. No. If you don't buy them at a place where not at all they've been, yeah, cared for to last. Right, and so you know, all this summer we would um, go to the the my parents live right by Fifth Avenue Station um, here in downtown. Oh, yeah, the farmers market. Yeah, then. we'd go to the farmers yeah. market. You know, every every Saturday, and even if it was just getting a couple things of whatever was in season, you know, like. That's that's fun. I always say I I grew up in the wrong era. I should have grown up in the in the time of shopping in the village market. You know, walking around, knowing the shop owners, knowing you know, being able to talk about the produce and things like that. That that that's where I should be. But we make we make do with what we've got around here. 
Well, the next gift maybe you buy for your family is a tower garden or a hydroponic garden of some sort. I have um, a tower garden. It's made by Juice Plus. Okay. Um, and it's it looks like a big pot with a cylinder um, that comes up and it has 20 little pods and you grow your little seedlings and you can grow lettuces, tomatoes, peppers, zucchinis, you name it. Oh, that sounds um, great. And it all gets watered from inside. And it's just, it's so cool to be able to, you know, just go out and grab, you know, some leafy lettuce and a few tomatoes or, you know, whatever, and make your fresh salad. Um, you know, so for those of us who don't, you know, want to actually dig in the, in the ground and, or have access to that, this uh, upright hydroponic gardening system is really cool. That sounds awesome. So, um, my our, yeah. our yard is not big enough for this right now, but I definitely am like trying to figure out how I can have my own chickens. That oh, that's fun. that's what I want. I want I want to be able to uh, to get the eggs. I know I know like raising chickens to actually eat the chickens like that's a whole other deal but i would love to have a few egg layers uh, i think that would be that would be a great thing to have but yeah in the meantime while you don't um and i'll have to find out for my sister-in-law i think there is an egg place in sugar grove you know what where you i can get fresh eggs i think i just drove by there um i'm i it was I saw somewhere I was over in like the Sugar Grove, Elburn area. Um, speaking of Elburn, Reams, have you ever been to Reams Meat Market? No. Tremendous. Um, like if you want high, high quality meat cuts, Reams, R-E-A-M in, in Elburn okay. is, uh, is, a, is a good place good place to be oh awesome okay yeah. yeah thank you for that lead yeah i know we have to keep yeah sharing the, that's right the, the the communal information um attitude is is uh so important in this stuff but thank you so much for letting me I, I don't think i've ever actually like rolled through this whole experience with somebody in one in one run before you know i have people that i've just sort of talked to through through the process. Um, so this was kind of cool to like go back and piece together uh, how this actually all unfolded. Yeah, I could not be more. Uh, I'm proud of you. I'm so happy you're just modeling amazing behavior for your family and you're gonna just be so so much happier and healthier for the long term. And it's so cool that you had this awakening and you did it. So Kudos yeah, so so far so good. Hopefully, we'll be able to. Uh, maybe we can get you out to Naperville soon, and we can do a little patio mimosa or something. I would love that. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and um, I look forward to you know sharing this with everybody. And uh, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and talk with you about your journey, how would they reach you? Um, I am on Facebook, so you can tag me on anything. Um, in that sense, or if uh, someone wanted to email me, absolutely. I would just ask them to reach out to you and you let me know and I'll definitely get in touch, but I'd be happy to talk absolutely. to people. Okay. Very, very good. Okay. Well, tell Caitlin I said hello and give the boys a hug Of for me. course. Say hi to Don for me as well. Thanks, Tamara. Okay. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. 
Isn't Devin amazing? I'm so proud of him for taking his health to a new level and sharing his story with the world. The changes he made influenced not only his life, but that of his wife and children. I'm really impressed with the cool new preschool program his son is attending. If you've been inspired to take action, please reach out to me at 630-291-6605 to schedule a health chat. I would love to help you develop a plan that addresses your specific needs. There is no time like the present. If you like this podcast, please share it with someone you love and be sure to hit the subscribe button so you can listen to our upcoming episodes. Have a wonderful day, everyone. Be well.